Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We want to share a good friend's podcast with you this week. Enjoy The Truth with Lisa Booth in the Clay and Buck Podcast Network. When Ronald Reagan was running against Jimmy Carter in 1980, he asked that famous question. You better off than you were four years ago. I think for most Americans, the Americans listening to the podcast, that answer is no. We're going to talk to EJ and Tony. He recently testified before a House subcommittee on the impacts of Bidenomics He's a public finance economist, the Heritage Foundation, and a senior fellow at Committee to Unleash Prosperity. We're going to have him break down Bidenomics for us. You know, how has Joe Biden's time in office impacted you, impacted the economy, and impacted the country? Stay tuned for that conversation with EJ and Tony. Well, EJ, thanks so much for coming back on the show. I guess it wasn't too bad the first time. So we appreciate you taking the time. No, my pleasure, Lisa. Thank you for having me. So we've got this fight on Capitol Hill right now over funding what this, you know, continuing resolution could potentially look like. You know, how do you think this is all going to go down? And and what do you think the resolution will look like? Well, it definitely looks like we're going to have a, a shutdown, at least for a little bit. I just don't see how Congress is going to be able to reconcile all of their many differences at this point with only a couple of days left before uh, before the deadline. In terms of what this eventually looks like, I, I think the only compromise that they're going to be able to really hammer out will be a slight reduction 
in spending, which is a, a disappointment because we need serious reductions in spending to get us on any kind of sustainable fiscal trajectory. But what, the end product is probably going to end up looking like a cross between the most recent fiscal year and the previous one. So again, that that just looks like a small reduction in spending. Do you think that this will result in a shutdown for at least uh, in a short period of time? Definitely. Again, I, Lisa, I just don't see how on earth they're going to be able to reconcile all of their differences. Uh, there, there are too many non-negotiables on both sides that are eventually going to have to become negotiables. But you know, 48, 72 hours, I just don't think that's enough time to get that done. You know, you go back to the the Reagan Carter debate in 1980, and he asked that question: "Are you better off than you were four years ago?" Take us through what's happened to the economy since Joe Biden has taken office. Obviously, we're not at that four year mark, but take us through what we've seen so far. No, but Lisa, in a lot of ways, uh, Joe Biden has done as much. Feels like it. But <laughs> feels like it's been like exactly. A decade, but, well, you know. Lisa, to that point, Joe Biden has basically done as much damage in two and a half years as Carter did in four. If you look at what he's done uh, to energy markets, what he's done to prices generally, look at how unaffordable housing is. I I, I was having a conversation um, with someone not that long ago, and she was telling me, I don't understand what young people are complaining about today with houses because my first mortgage was 21% interest. I get that. But guess what? home prices relative to your income were significantly smaller back then. And so believe it or not, housing today is less affordable than it was when interest rates were three times as high because the price of the home is also a big factor in how big your monthly payment is. And when the price of of the home is so high relative to your income, I mean, housing is just unaffordable. Half, Half of Americans today, Lisa, cannot qualify for a mortgage. I didn't say afford a mortgage. I said qualify for it. Even among those who qualify for a mortgage, you still have a significant portion who can't afford it. So, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. What, what has Joe Biden done to the economy? Nothing good, unfortunately. What we've seen you know, are prices steadily rise faster than wages. Uh, the typical American family right now uh, has lost about $5,100 in terms of uh, annual purchasing power. So it's like if you could roll the clock back to January 2021, knock $5,100 off that family salary, that's what they're feeling today. But because prices have gone up so much, the Federal Reserve has has belatedly decided to raise interest rates. That's playing into things like uh, the the exploding cost of of housing. But it's also affecting all kinds of borrowing, Lisa, everything from, from credit cards to student loans to auto loans and everything in between. And as a result of that, that same uh, typical American family is facing about another $1,800 a year in higher financing costs because all of those different interest charges have gone up on all the things that I just mentioned. So you put all this together and the typical American family feels like they're $7,000 poorer today compared to when Biden took office. I mean, for for a lot of families, that's a whole month's pay. Well, I mean, that's a significant amount of money. You recently testified before Congress about Bidenomics. If you were to sum up Bidenomics, how would you explain it? Bidenomics is the government spending borrowing and creating too much money, full stop. 
Okay. And that's not good. No, no, it's not. And there's, and it's, it's amazing all of the different negative consequences, Lisa, that stem from that. You know, if, if we can just go back to March for a second, when we had the banking crisis, uh, which by the way, is, is still not over. All that has happened from that is that the fed papered over the crisis with a bunch of emergency loans, but those loans are only last for a year. And when they expire, all those regional banks are going to be in exactly the same terrible shape according to their balance sheets that they were then. So all we did there was kick the can down the road. But but how did we get there in the first place? We got there because the Federal Reserve created systemic interest rate risk, which is a fancy way of saying they kept interest rates way too low for way too long. They promised inflation was transitory and rates wouldn't go back up. And they did all of this to finance the massive deficits that Congress was authorizing by spending money that they didn't have. And the the consequence of that is we've jeopardized our entire financial system. Uh, The dollar has lost value. We have shaken confidence in the dollar, not just at home, but abroad. Look at all the countries around the world that that are de-dollarizing. In other words, they're no longer going to use the dollar for settling international transactions, for international trade. Well, what's going to happen to all of those dollars that aren't being used that way anymore? They're going to all come pouring home. I mean, this is just going to fuel inflation even further. But you've been papering over. Isn't that all we do, though? You know, I mean, even dealing with this continuing resolution, it's, it's papering over. It's not doing the, you know, the proper appropriations process on Capitol Hill. We, we papered over government shut or, you know, during COVID, right? Lockdowns, shutting businesses down, destroying businesses with this injection of cash into the economy, which is called inflation, you know, which has caused inflation. So it's like, isn't that all we do really is that there, there's no desire, there's no solving problems. All we do is paper over them, which then creates new problems. Exactly. Could not agree with you more, Lisa. And this is why, you know, every time the Federal Reserve tries to to draw down its balance sheet, every time it tries to raise rates, every time it tries to reverse course and go from loose monetary conditions to tighter monetary conditions, it quickly realizes that you can't unwind a Ponzi scheme. And, and that is essentially what we've done with government finance. We've turned it into one giant Ponzi scheme. And and there is no way out of that except pain. It it can be long-term pain. You can stretch it out over a very long period of time, like like what we've done with with inflation. Uh, You can have the pain all at once when you have these these shocks. That basically is what happened uh, in the beginning of the Reagan years. We had a big economic shock then. But the nice thing about that is it gets all the pain out of the way and it sets you up for longer term prosperity. Uh, Unfortunately, this administration, everyone from from the White House to Congress to the Treasury to the Federal Reserve, everyone in D.C. seems to rather uh, go the route of of just kicking the can down the road. But is that because, you know, no one wants to be responsible for the pain, right? So so even if a Joe Biden or the next Republican president know that that's what it would take to turn things around, to put the country back on a, you know, a longer, a sustainable path in the future. Nobody wants to be responsible for that pain politically. Certainly, that that is definitely a big consideration. Uh, and that, that's one of the reasons why there's a good chance that the Federal Reserve uh, is basically going to balk next year as we go into an election. We we like to talk about the Federal Reserve as as being politically independent, but let's face it, they're not. I mean, Jerome Powell wanted to get renominated, so he kept interest rates low, so Joe Biden would renominate him, and and he got what he wanted, and the rest of us got inflation. And, and so you're absolutely right; people don't want to go through the the political pain, and so our political leaders aren't willing to make 
uh, to make the tough decisions. But I mean, frankly, I think, Lisa, there's a lot of Americans who aren't willing to go through that that pain either. Uh, you know, it is a lot easier to get another hit than to go through detox. And it seems like that is the, the preference of most people today, unfortunately. You know, we've got 60% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. How does that stack up with previous generations? Oh, goodness. I, I mean, it, it's not as bad as, as, say, the Great Depression, uh, but it's certainly just as bad as as the worst parts of the Carter years, uh, as the worst parts of uh, you know a couple of recessions in the 50s and 60s. So we have been here before, and we have been worse. It's not the end of the world, but I mean, it's clearly not good. And if you if you ever wondered what would happen if, for example, the government just decided to uh, to raise taxes by trillions of dollars one year, well, that's basically what we've seen. Not basically, it's literally what we've seen. Through inflation, the government has just taxed the American people into oblivion. And by taking away all of that, uh, what used to be disposable income, the American people are left with the scraps and are having to to try to make ends meet with that. That's a big reason why people are taking two, three jobs today. Uh, looking at something like net household wealth, I think is a really good indicator here, Lisa, because net household wealth is, is technically at a record high today, but that's before you adjust for inflation. As soon as you do that, you find that it is basically right where it was in the last quarter of 2020. In other words, when Trump left office. So virtually all of the increases that we have seen uh, under Joe Biden are, are literally just paper money. It's not real. It's just inflation. All of that additional household wealth has been confiscated by the government through that hidden tax. In fairness, it's not just Biden. You know, the, the last year of you know Trump's administration, too, we saw a lot of government spending with COVID. How has uh, Joe Biden's energy policies, I mean, even looking at the UAW strike, uh, obviously this push for, you know, putting a gun to automakers heads as well as, you know, consumers and then to us, this push for electric vehicles, you know, talk about how Joe Biden's green energy policies have shaped the economy uh, and how they will continue to shape the economy. I would distinguish uh, you know, when, when we talk about things like regulatory policy, energy policy, these are all things that can increase costs. Uh, but maybe this is just the academic in me, but I do want to distinguish that from, from the phenomenon of inflation, which is just prices everywhere going up because you're actually devaluing the dollar. Whereas when we talk about Biden's energy policy, we're talking about individual things becoming more expensive. The reason I think there's a lot of overlap there and why people get confused is because the price of energy affects everything we do and everything we buy. So of course, when you make oil, when you make natural gas, when you make propane, whatever the case may be, more expensive, you are going to affect the price of everything else. And what we've seen under Biden is a repeated throttling of American energy. And what's really astounding is that these people clearly are not that concerned about the environment because they're perfectly fine with us importing oil and gas from abroad, but not with us getting it, getting it here at home or heaven forbid we get enough that we can export like we did under Trump. And so as a result of things like removing uh, different pieces of land that have a lot of deposits, removing that from exploration, uh, getting rid of a lot of drilling permits and leases, whether that's up in Anwar or other federal lands, uh, new taxes on oil, on gas, on coal, all of these things are increasing costs. And again, when you increase the cost of energy, you increase the cost of everything else. And that's precisely what we've seen throughout this administration in stark contrast 
to the last administration, where they essentially did everything they could to cut red tape, uh, to streamline energy production and distribution, things like pipelines, for example, that had a tremendous impact on bringing down costs. There's a, a friend of mine, he's a professor at uh, University of Chicago, an economist, and he has estimated that there are literally tens of thousands of dollars in regulatory costs per, per family that have been incurred under the Biden administration versus the Trump administration. So th those costs actually are adding up to be even more of a burden than inflation. Let's take a quick commercial break. More with EJ and Tony on the other side. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. So why are they doing it? Because to your point, it's not better for, for the environment. I mean, that whole, you know, that's a scam when they say that. So why are they doing it? Lisa, I suppose the pithy answer is you'd have to ask them. But if I can put my cynic hat on for a moment. I don't think they'll talk to me, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that Joe Biden will come on here. Probably not. That would be interesting. Um, he's he's, yeah. he's too busy. do you go to bed He's too night. busy hiding in his basement. He won't come on and talk to you. Um, well, since it's just you and me here, I'll, let me put on my cynic hat for a moment and say that 
Uh, this is entirely because of special interests. I mean, go go back to uh, to Solyndra. That was the the prime example and probably the most famous one, where or infamous, I should say, where you had special interests getting billions of taxpayer dollars, and those special interests then turned around and gave a chunk of that uh, back to politicians, mostly Democrats, but some Republicans too. And sure enough, what did we see with with the the so called infrastructure bill that was passed by Joe Biden? That that received Republican votes too, unlike the Inflation Reduction Act. And that contained hundreds of billions of dollars uh, that are essentially going to go to the special interests of so-called green companies that, I mean, there's nothing green there except the money, the money trail. And so these companies who are, I, I mean, look at look at what they've done with, uh, with the automakers. This, I think, is a great example. We gave Ford uh, all of these uh, loans that are guaranteed by taxpayers. So if these different EV projects work out and the automakers make money, then they can repay the loans and then whatever profit they get after that is theirs to keep. But if things go south, if these projects don't work out, if they can't sell these cars, or if the research and development turns out to all be a flop and they can't even make the cars, guess what? They don't have to repay the loans. The taxpayer's on the hook. So what are what are the uh, the automakers investors going to do? What are the people who work for the automakers, the unions going to do? They're going to donate a lot of money back to the Democrats who funneled all of the money to the special interests in the first place. It, it is just this dirty merry-go-round of taxpayer dollars. You know, I saw that you wrote uh, in a column recently, you had written talking about interest rates for the government. Uh, in less than a decade, interest payments will crowd out more than half of existing government spending. Uh, what does that mean for the country? And, and what does that mean for Americans? Not to sound hyperbolic here, but th this is the doomsday scenario. And, and I know a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes at that and be like, oh, here we go. Uh, you know, let, let me say conservatives, I think, have had egg on their face for several decades now by being hyperbolic when talking about the deficit, talking about the debt and saying, oh, this is going to end the country in a certain number of years, whatever the case may be. Here's the thing. They had the trajectory right, but they had the magnitude wrong. They're absolutely right that we're heading in the wrong direction, but no one actually knows where the point of no return is. It has proven different for different countries at different periods in time in different locations around the world. So I'm I'm not going to say, okay, five more years or, or eight more years or 10 more years of this, and it's the point of no return. I don't know where that is. What I do know is, is this is this is very, very quickly approaching a, a catastrophic level where the government is literally going to be primarily paying for its own debt, not providing goods and services to the American people. We're not talking about building roads. We're not talking about uh, writing checks for Social Security and Medicare. We're not talking about financing the military. We are talking about literally just paying bondholders. And there is no way out of that, because one, once you get that far down the rabbit hole, you are spending so much on debt financing that you don't have enough left over to pay for essential services, let alone pay down the debt. And so you are stuck constantly taking out more debt, and therefore the interest you pay on that debt is going to go higher and higher and higher until eventually it becomes the entire budget. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen. The government would just default at that point, uh, like countless governments around the world have before. But that's the direction we're heading. It It's not good. <laughs> I mean, just looking at interest, the latest interest rates today, Lisa, on different government bonds, uh, next year... The next fiscal year, which begins in just a couple of days here, October 1st, uh, we're going to see interest on the debt hit about $1.5 trillion 
dollars. So the the optimistic scenario of 900 billion or even a trillion dollars forget that. We are going to go way beyond that very, very quickly. Well, I appreciate your uh, caution and not being Greta Thunberg, who recently had to delete a tweet because she said that the world would end by 2023. And then, of course, we're here. So (laughs) it's always smart to to, to be cautious. Uh, You know, I mean, Given, you know, what we've seen and, and given the state of the, the economy in the country right now, I mean, how do we put the genie back in the bottle? You know, how do, how do you rectify, you know, the wrongs of, you know, of decades? How, you know, what do you do moving forward? How do you solve this? Is it solvable? That's a very, very good question. I, I would say it is solvable. You know, we've gotten ourselves into very tight spots before. I mean, let's face it, we had a civil war where the country was was quite literally torn apart. And that to this day remains the, the most catastrophic event in American history, uh, in, at least in terms of lives lost, depending on how you want to uh, adjust for inflation, p- perhaps financially as well. And, and so uh, we have definitely been through worse. We can get through this. The question is, do we have the political will to actually make that happen? And and that's where I'm not so sure, because we are at a point where so many Americans have become dependent upon the government. So many Americans uh, are not even paying federal income taxes, but getting money from other people's federal income taxes that you have to wonder, are there enough Americans left who have had enough who are willing to stand up and to say no? Because until that happens, the spineless politicians aren't going to stand up and say no. The only reason they stand up and say no is is when they know they're going to get fired if they don't. Although, sadly, I think that's the scenario that a lot of Democrats want um, is they, you know, they want people to be dependent on the government because it gives them more control. You know, sadly, I think that's going in the direction that, you know, portion of the country you know, with intent, right? And then certainly, I mean, we are in a lot of ways, we, we have surpassed Orwell's 1984. And, you know, for, for those who have read that, it, the the end of the novel is is very clear that, you know, there is no way to put the genie back in the bottle, as you said, like once the government gets to this level of control, uh, there is no turning back. You cannot at that point, put all of the world's evils back into Pandora's box. And and this is one of the reasons why I and many others uh, are so adamantly opposed to central bank digital currencies and why we are fighting tooth and nail to not let that happen, because that is 1984 on steroids. That is the government uh, being able to monitor every single cent, uh, not only how you earn it, but how you spend it, and even dictating to you how you can earn it and how you can spend it. You know, and by the way, this is not like this. Again, this is not me being hyperbolic. Uh, this is central bankers and treasury officials from around the world taking off the mask at this point and just flat out saying, hey, wouldn't it be great if we had a central bank digital currency so that we could do X, Y, and Z? Things like limit how many airline miles you fly in a year to cap how much carbon essentially that that you're spending money on. Wouldn't it be great to have a central bank digital currency so that we could put an expiration date on people's savings and earnings. In other words, force them to go out and spend money to quote unquote, stimulate the economy. Uh, Even things like limiting how much ammunition or firearms you could buy, you name it, so that you can't donate maybe to a a hate group like the like the Heritage Foundation. So, uh, you know, this is I, I laugh, but this is a very, very serious issue. 
Uh, and it, I think it's a very good example of once you cross that threshold, there is no going back. Now, we're not there yet, thank God. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I think federal finance can still be reined in, can still be corrected, and, and we can still save the country. But we do have an uphill an uphill battle at this point. No, it, it, the central banking uh, digital currency is, is terrifying. So I'm glad you brought that up. You know, before we go, uh, I, I assume your message before Congress was not well received by some members of the subcommittee <laughs> how how was that and, and how was it received oh my goodness lisa it was like it was like beating <laughs> my head against a wall i mean honest to goodness i there, there's a long list of things that that i would much have rather done <laughs> in a lot of ways i mean i'm still very grateful that i i got the invitation to go and i was able to go but uh, it's just it, it's it's saddening and disheartening when half of the people you're speaking to clearly do not listen to a single thing you say. And you can tell that both from uh, the opening statements from the ranking member, for example, and then from all of the questions uh, from the the Democrats, who none of them asked me any questions for some reason. I can't imagine why. Uh, but and then you and then you listen to their closing statements and you realize, oh, my goodness, you, you literally didn't hear a single thing I said. You have your talking points. You know, you want your your video clip that you can send out in a donor email, basically. And and that's all you're here for. You're, you're not here to learn the truth. You're not here to see how actual Americans have been impacted by the very policies that you put in place and the policies of which you are immune from. But you, know, you have no problem putting the American people under your thumb, as long as you don't have to face the ramifications of your own actions. Uh, they they clearly just didn't want to hear anything I had to say. It was it was completely ignored, unfortunately. Well, good thing they at least had to listen to it. So. <laughs> EJ and Tony, we appreciate you taking the time, and uh, you know, thanks for for bringing some sanity on all this, some fiscal sanity. So we appreciate you taking the time. No, my pleasure, Lisa. Thank you for having me. That was EJ and Tony with the Heritage Foundation. Appreciate him taking the time to come on the show and, and break that all down for us. Appreciate you at home for listening every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Feel free to go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a review, give us a rating. Um, always love reading those. Until next time. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.